Okay, I'm going to read uh, some select lyrics from yeah. Your Mean One, Mr. Grinch, okay. penned by one Dr. Seuss. And I'm going to need you to tell me whether if the lyric that I read you, yeah, if you feel like it describes the year that we're in right now, 2020. Okay. And, you, and your experience there in it. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. Uh, number one, you're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. <laughs> yes, 2020 is a rotten banana, blackened, sitting in the in the back of my fridge. 2020 is definitely that. Uh, number two, you're a monster. Your heart's an empty hole. Oh, yeah, 2020 does not care. Uh, number three, brain full of spiders, garlic in your soul. <laughs> I mean, I feel like my brain is kind of full of spiders right now, and it's definitely 2020 related. Number four, wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. I Now, with the lyric there, I was always thinking, does that mean a 40 foot pole would be acceptable? Is that a long enough pole to touch 2020? Yeah, like it's, if anything under anything under 40s, a I no-go. Okay, then yep. yes, I absolutely would not touch a 2020 with a 39 and a half foot pole jury's out on a 40 foot pole would you describe this year as having all the tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile i've never met a seasick crocodile exactly so i'm not sure if i i don't know how tender a seasick crocodile would be yeah it's a weird yeah that one's descriptor. weird uh you feel like if a crocodile's nauseous he's not coming at after you to chomp a chomp so no you have a better chance of escaping so Exactly. Unless you have like a bunch of, I don't know, Tums in your pocket or something. Would you say this describes 2020? The three words that best describe you are as follows. And I quote, stink, stank, stunk. Yes, yank, yunk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Th this fucking year sucks, man. It pretty much sums it up. Almost over. Almost over. So stunk will apply. The past tense of yeah. stinkiness stunk is going to apply very, very soon. It stank. It stinks. Soon it will have stunk. Should we introduce ourselves and introduce the podcast? Well, my name is Joe. My name is Jess. And this is your podcast, Your Eye Out. It is a 25 movie 25 day advent calendar podcast is that right yep every day you open up the little cardboard window and you find a little holiday movie review inside reviewed by us and let's say we got our little fingers in the cardboard cut out advent calendar box and we pulled out our piece of chalky chocolate and what what chalky chocolate do we have today today we have the original dr seuss how the grinch stole christmas Okay. Yes, from 1966. Yep. And I like how this was short. This is a little shorty, and we picked it. We decided because we're a little behind. We hoped we'd get ahead, but in actuality, we've just we're gonna have a short editing night. <laughs> That's all that means. Hopefully. Yep. Hopefully. Yeah. Sometimes when something's a classic, you have a lot to say about it, and then other times, not, not so much. Where do you fall under with this film? One thing that was I've okay, I've seen this about. A, baj a bajillion times. A bajillion times. I've seen this. Like this is That's on... the official number. You've seen it. This has bounced around from a few networks, but or originally aired on CBS. Okay. But it gets it gets played every year, if not multiple times a year, on television. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you've seen it since you were a child. Yep. Me too. I I'm sure I've seen it a bajillion times as well. On this watch, knowing that. 
Chuck Jones was kind of the lead animator on this. Yeah. It definitely affected how I saw the animation. Tell me about Chuck Jones, because I don't really know who that is. Chuck Jones is kind of like Mr. Looney Tunes. He also did work with MGM with Tom and Jerry, but he is responsible for the look of Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner. For the look of them? Like he's the, he was the designer of yep. them? Okay. All right. And it's funny that we were talking about spike the bulldog yeah and chester the little dog yeah i believe they are spike jones creation and spike jones <laughs> they're chuck jones creation and also charlie dog the one that i had mistaken him for at the beginning or i yeah. mistakenly thought the bulldog's name was charlie yeah. like that is actually an early creation of chuck jones as well oh okay yeah and actually some of my favorite early merry melodies especially the ones featuring mark anthony and pussyfoot which are a bulldog and kitten duo. Right. Yeah. So he 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 designed those shorts as well. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty familiar with those cartoons, so now watching this, I almost could see like Wiley e. Coyote's facial expressions in Max. Absolutely. And in the Grinch. Yeah, there was a very much a Looney Tunes vibe to the shenanigans that the Grinch gets into. I can't believe I didn't see it before. Yeah, I never noticed that. Yeah. I like when I think about the Grinch, I think about the music and I think about his general grumpiness. I don't really think about his silliness and how funny he is. Have you ever seen the Jim Carrey version? Yes, I have. You have? I don't think I've ever seen it. I was really trying to think hard if I've seen it. And I know I've seen, you know, the trailer and I've seen, you know, the original. And I think I just assumed it was the same pretty much. But with Jim Carrey, I want to say if you feel like you've seen, if you feel like you haven't seen it, then you haven't. But actually, I think it's kind of forgettable. Okay, it's very visually overwhelming. It has sort of a, it. I would say that it has an acid trip sort of patina to it, but not in the sense that it's like psychedelic. But there's definitely like a a, a filter haze on all of the lights. Yeah, which give it a very. It looked unsettling. I wasn't really there for that. Yeah. I think I read something about it being a horrendous experience for Jim Carrey. Have you ever heard that? I read in an article that Jim Carrey, after being done up with the makeup one time, yeah. basically said, I'm done. I quit. Like, I, th there's no way I'm doing this again. Like, the makeup took so long to apply and was so uncomfortable on the set that he's like, there's no, there's absolutely no way I can do this. But he was in contract, so he cannot walk away. And I read that they hired a CIA, he's an ex-CIA operative who specializes right. in training other CIA operatives to withstand torture. And he was put on the payroll to uh, have a couple sessions with Jim Carrey and teach him some sort of like tactics basically that are how like how to resist torture yeah or like how to endure effectively if while one is being tortured or how to endure through extreme discomfort that's incredible <laughs> See, uh, that seems almost like a made-up hollywood story that seems incredible can you Im like do you have any inkling or any idea what some of these mental techniques would be or what they would constitute i mean probably recalling all the christmas movies you've seen over the past 25 days peter pan style just like think lovely thoughts yeah you go into your happy place yeah what do you think jim carrey's happy place is maybe his time on in living color oh 
When I was a little girl, I was, you know, I like Jim Carrey when I was a little girl because he was Canadian. Yeah. So he was, and we, he was pretty, like, he went through a period of time where he was homeless and living in his car. That's right. And so he was, uh, he was definitely pushed in Canada. It's just like, it's kind of cool. There's like a Canadian pull yourself up by your bootstrap story. (laughs) I don't want to call it that, but this is a, a rags to riches, a, a, a boy from the old town who made it. Yeah. And I also just remember as a kid just thinking like, Jim Carrey must be so cool because he th- this group of incredibly cool black people lets him hang <laughs> <laughs> on Unliving Color. And it's true. Like, if you see a bunch of, like, incredibly cool, funny black people and there's one white guy yeah. hanging out with them, yeah. you know that white guy, they must think he's pretty funny. It's true, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't think they let me hang out on Living Color. So I, that show is amazing. So as, like, a dorky, funny white girl, I saw Jim Carrey as a very aspirational figure because it's like, well, I don't know. The Wayne brothers think he's cool. It's true. Yeah. He does seem pretty cool. I like his paintings. Have you seen any of his paintings? I've seen a bit of his artwork, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Good for him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people are really disappointed that he's not making, like, another Ace Ventura movie or something. Yeah, he that's the and he also didn't ever he didn't do another mask movie because he was like, well, sequels aren't no aren't any good. Like, you should just leave the mask the way it is. And it's like, yeah, that's that was a really good call. <laughs> like, <laughs> often celebrities are like berated for not making like terrible calls. And it's like, yeah, like if the mask two was amazing, it would have been amazing if Jim Carrey was in it. If it was like produced well, written well, but you just know. The way the gears into Hollywood fall into place, often the sequel's not done well. No, we got so just don't sign on for it. So you get mask. fucking Jamie Kennedy yeah. out here doing his shit, and it's oh just God. like that's what you get. So he's he's a smart cookie for not signing on to that. He also is one of those people who's kind of like Willow and uh, the Smith kids. Jaden and Willow Smith. Yeah, where like during an interview, he'll say things that are apparently like pretty off the wall, but in actuality, if you are kind of <laughs> If you really dig dig deep into what he says, you can parse his meaning, and he's like, "Oh wow!" Or it's yeah, like when they say things, they're just like, "Oh well, whatever." Like humans are garbage, so I don't consider myself a human, right? Like, and people are like, "Oh, that's so weird." They're like aliens, and it's like, "No, are you looking around?" Like, come on, like where it's like that. I mean, I know what that that kid's trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't look at Willow and Jade Smith, pretend those te- you don't know what those teenagers are saying. I think they're saying they're too cool to hang out with the rest of us, and they're right. I thought the animation of the film kind of reminded me, especially in how much detail they put into articulating the Grinch's face. It really reminded me of like Ren and Stimpy, especially. It had a John K vibe to it. Yeah, a little, yeah. A little bit, right? A little like, bit overly expressive. Yeah. Especially the scene where the Grinch's face curls up in that very menacing smile. Yeah. I think there is a specific Wiley e. Coyote cartoon where Wiley e. Coyote has the same sort of like smile and you watch his like long coyote ears curl up like the Grinch's little fuzz horns <laughs> or whatever he has at the top of his head. Yeah. Chuck Jones and Dr. Seuss, also known as Ted Geisel, had consulted before making this and had talked about like how are we gonna do we wanna do a Christmas movie without the trappings of like talking about religion or mentioning Santa. And they were faced with that when writing the lyrics. Yeah. And Chuck Jones claims that he's the one who pitched the idea of writing a carol in Seussian Latin. Seussian Latin. Yeah. What does that mean? Does that mean like the way that Dr. Zeus Seuss writes? Well, in the yeah, like Susian would re- refer to as it would be like Kafka esque for Kafka. So I don't I don't know if I sl- slurred that, but Susian would be 
like yeah. Dr. Seuss. Yeah, yeah, sure. And the very opening carol that we hear the Who's in Whoville sing. Uh-huh. The beginning lyrics are fa hu Yeah. da hu Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. No. That's Seussian Latin. Right. And Chuck Jones had, had made the argument that that seems to have as much authenticity as adesse fidelis to those unauthorized in Latin. I believe that that is the Latin version of the beginning of Come All Ye Faithful, Adeste Fialis. Okay. So it's basically a way to make this without getting too preachy about the whole religion. Yeah, to just make something that's considered borderline secular isn't deliberately going to reference religion in that way or... Or or it's like they say not re- not reference Santa, but the Grinch dresses up as Santa. Yeah. Yeah. I might as well talk about how it made me think a lot about The Nightmare Before Christmas, the two films and the two ideas, the Grinch and Jack Skellington, where they're both like, you know, not, I guess the Grinch is a not nice person and Jack Skellington is like, whatever, an evil, scary person. And they both pretend to be Santa in order to ruin Christmas. The only difference between the two is that the Grinch is like intentional about it and Jack Skellington thinks he's helping. But essentially they have the same effect. At least the Grinch is like honest about what he's trying to do. It's proof in it's proof of the concept that your like intentions don't matter, only the outcome of your harm does. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think they ever invited the Who to play Whoville? Or do you think like their hotel wouldn't be able to support them and they would trash it too much? I'm sorry. I'm silently laughing. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) I like when we first are introduced to the Grinch. He's like leaning against his cave wall and he's really cool looking. He has like a, I don't know, a toothpick in his mouth. And I'm thinking the Grinch is a cool guy. He's too cool for Christmas. I think in the story it says something like the Grinch has been putting up with Christmas in Whoville for like something like 56 years or whatever. So the Grinch is an old. He's very old. Yeah. Yeah. He does a lot of like bendy stuff when he finally does like move down to Whoville to snatch Christmas. So I was just like, he's probably for an old fella. He's a hermit on the mountain. He probably does quite a bit of yoga, I imagine. Yeah, that's what he's doing up there. He's just like in lotus position, kind of just like <laughs> trying to like ohm his way <laughs> away from his very negative feelings towards the people of Whoville. And he's like, those fucking Whovillians won't let me meditate. I don't remember whether the Jim Carrey movie gets into it, but it almost seems like they did something to him, right? Like our story doesn't open on him on Crumpet Mountain, just like disgruntled for no reason. Like He's disgruntled. I, you know what? He might have an origin story. It's the first gruntle. Why is he like the way he is? But he's mostly just bothered because he's unhappy and he sees other people being happy, right? I think that's it. They say that there's like his heart is three sizes too small. Yeah. His head's not screwed on right. Yeah. And something else is wrong with him. And that's why other people's joy makes him utterly miserable. So he's like predispositioned. He just has like a chemical imbalance, basically. Yeah. yeah. And like... (laughs) It seems like maybe uh, the Grinch had some mental health issues, so And they did that uh, maybe the people of Whoville didn't want to deal with. Yeah. And that's why he's up on the mountain by himself. Exactly. He was just pushed out and not accepted. I also thought maybe he had a point. We can all relate to being unhappy and not wanting to be around other people being happy. Think about social media. You know, you're scrolling through and you see people living their best lives and you're just like, fuck you, buddy. That's what the Grinch is. 
The Grinch would never last with social media. It would be horrible for him. I think, the, honestly, like, I think the people of Whoville would be pretty insufferable on social media. We'd be like, check out my flying dangers and dunkers and my snippers and boinkers. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. And it's all being marketed to me now because of algorithms. <laughs> There's a lot of size variances between the Who's. Like, I sort of remembered that, but some are very tiny. Like, yeah. some are bug, bug-like bug tiny. And that made me anxious. Didn't like seeing them walk around. I wanted to tell the other much larger Who's to watch their step. The Who that made me the most anxious was easily the little girl with the blue eyes. Cindy Lou, who was no more than two. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, like our main girl, the yeah. only girl. Our the only o- other character who's not the Grinch. But she's also, I guess she's the only name. Oh, Max is named as well. Oh, don't I'm forget sorry. The yeah, dog. Max. Yeah, don't forget the fucking dog. Our He's only so named who? Well, she's... In the, mo- in the movie, she plays like a pretty big character. It's, it's funny that you just, <laughs> you came at her name like just... I don't know if Cindy Lou too, who's or Cindy Lou who, who's only two, yeah. is her full legal name because, like, a year from now, that's not going to be applicable. It was just a coincidence that it applied for this brief moment of her life, anyway. Like she has a like a, a titular spiritual name. It's who her was, family name. Who's only two? Her dad's John, who's only two. But sh- I found her unsettling. Something about her face. I guess it's like her clear blue eyes that were bigger and more like detailed than the eyes of the other who villains and she had more hair that was like kind of like more human in its quality than the other who villains who had often like just like charlie brown hair basically it was i don't know a little weird she looked weird like maybe she was only half half who villain maybe she was of human origins you think mr who is only two got cheated on yeah (laughs) yes i would describe cindy lou's eyes as large and limpid yeah she has a real indigo child vibe yeah maybe that's it yeah she gives me the heebie-jeebies that's all i'm saying she looks like big eye big eyed child paintings of the 70s yeah right so i think she's supposed to be cute i assume this must have been a pretty popular cartoon for the like the hippies in the late 60s to you know lose their mind to i think it's a big deal that this was in color too because this maybe would have been like not the big beginning of color tv but a point in time like that transition wasn't overnight right like there was quite a bit of like a few broadcasts in color and then in 1960 walt disney's world of color would have begun its broadcast and i think that that tipped a lot of people into buying color tvs okay so if this is 66 that's like six years after that right and i think that that was kind of the same thing the same phenomenon as when planet earth came out and everybody bought blu-rays and hd tvs yeah the same idea that you had to see like the yeah like there was like a turning point where not everybody had blu-ray not everybody had hd tvs and then it did feel like post planet earth it became a big deal to have like a very good picture on your tv and i do feel like you can kind of make that analog to walt disney's world of color that that was like the thing where people saw that being advertised and they're like we got to get a color tv honey and now we care more that it streams fast and we'll we'll deal with pixelated crap if it means that we can get it online cheap and easy i wrote how loud are these who's <laughs> like, <laughs> like how how loud do they have to be i mean they're pretty far down in the valley and like his big thing is like well, the thing is the noise. Yeah. Like, I just know when Christmas morning comes, they're going to be hooting their hoots and they're going to be tooting their toots <laughs> and they're going to be making all this goddamn noise yeah. in the morning. 
And that's what it is. Like, that's what fucking pisses me off. But then he cuts to the next scene and he goes, and then they're also going to eat and they're going to eat and eat. And it shows them like having the most quiet, pleasant (laughs) dinner. Just a mild meal. So it's like, yeah, that's Christmas morning. The kids are loud for a while. You're up on a mountain, buddy. (laughs) And also you seem just as pissed that they're having a quiet family fucking meal. So maybe it's you, buddy. Like maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's you. Turns out it is. Turns out it's, it's it's his congenital heart condition that makes his heart too big or too little. Yeah, he's having heart palpitations and like tightness in his chest and he's min- mistaking it for anxiety, I think. He should get his thyroid checked. I just wrote, I wrote poor Max in my notes like about Absolutely. five or six too. times. He just always has this pitiful, horrible look on his face like someone help me why does he put up with the grinch yeah like he could just run i I think he loves him like he could just run away i think but you're gonna run off that mountain i guess like yeah maybe he's trapped yeah i think the grinch would just march on down to whoville and like drag max up by his short hairs that poor puppy that poor poor puppy did you notice that uh the reason why the he had to recruit max into his scheme was because reindeer were scarce implying that there were reindeer in this mountain to catch yeah and there were no longer any and that's where the grinch got the horns (gasps) oh the antler that he grabbed is like a real ass fucking antler yeah off his mantle yeah is there a scene with him like oh okay and also you said we opened with him picking his teeth with a toothpick maybe that was like like a reindeer bone maybe So he extincted all the reindeer in the mountain valley is the implication. Yeah, like I, yeah, there's a pile of bones in the cave. Is there? Is that a screen memory or did that really happen? I think you just imagined that when I mentioned the reindeer. I get, no, uh, he takes out the saw and he saws it so it's a branch. It's not an antler, is it? It sure looks antlery before he saws it. It's an antler from his mantle that he puts on the head of Max. Yeah. And the reason why he saws it is because it's too heavy and big, yeah. right? So... No, it, it, it is certainly that the Grinch killed all the reindeer previously and there are none left. So Max will have to do. I think it's funny that he has such good sewing skills for somebody who's n- like nude when we see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he whoops up that uh, Santa Claus costume pretty fucking fast. You know what? Just because you have a preference for a lifestyle doesn't mean you don't have other skills. I didn't mean to judge him. I'm sorry. It's okay. Max is also a dog who leads to the sleigh just like the the dog from... Nightmare Before Christmas, who leads Jack Skellington's Zero and Jack Skellington. I didn't realize that the Nightmare Before Christmas would have to be pulling from this a little bit. It seems like it is. Yeah, It seems like it is. Oh, obviously, now now that you're saying it, it's evident and apparent. A a protagonist who impersonates Santa and ruins Christmas. Unlike in Miracle 34th Street, where a guy impersonates Santa, question mark, and saves Christmas, question mark. Which is more like the common trope, I think. That's also Santa Claus, right? The chimney scene triggers my claustrophobia. Really? When he gets caught in the in this chimney? I know. It's just a cartoon and it just happens for a split second. But yeah. there's something about how he's like inching down butt first uh-huh. and then how his his feet start inching less fast than his front and he just gets like all kind of stuck up. He corrects himself pretty fast. Yeah. But I have to say like my, oh my God, my number one fear is cavens or whenever i'm even reading like when i was reading like anything about that news story about those like poor little were they little soccer players that ended up in that cave collapse and they were like you would read news stories where they're very objectively trying to describe like the conditions where they're like the boys are in a space that's like 
you know, like 16 inches across. And I'm like, I can literally feel my chest tightening when I read stuff like that. Like I am literally imagine where I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not 16 inches across. I'm wider than 16 inches across. <laughs> like where it's like, I'm in that crevice and I'm dead. So it's funny that even a cartoon that's, that's phobias, man. Like they yeah. just, Oh, <laughs> geez. To this day, that's still, that, that chimney scene when he's crawling, yeah, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. I guess you'll be really having a hard time with our next movie, which is like Christmas in the Crawl Space. Oh, no! <laughs> Christmas Cave-In! Christmas Cave-In! Oh, Christmas, no. Christmas in a Tunnel. Mer- Merry Christmas to Jessica in the Well. <laughs> <laughs> no! Santa Saves Jess from the Well would be the Christmas movie. Who's a better Christmas thief, the Grinch or the Wet Bandits? The Wet Bandits are very noisy and not very stealthy and the Grinch, uh, he doesn't wake anybody up. He's Absolutely. super stealthy. I love the little snake crawl he does on the floor. That was my favorite little bit of animation, I think. Also, like, uh, there's a scene in Home Alone where Marv is just, like, using his crowbar and just, like, smashing shit up and it's just like, I don't think he knows what's expensive and what he should be going for but like with the Grinch it's just it's more quantity over quality like he wants he's not looking for like the goods no he's probably stolen some pretty expensive gifts but they say like he he just leaves the wire on the wall so he's taken the garland he's taken their weird plunger decorations that they shoot up that turn into (laughs) bizarre chandeliers on the ceiling yeah he's got all those things he's taking everything He's taken all of their ride-on instruments. <laughs> it's true. Did you note that? That all the Who's for Christmas morning, it's a big thing for them to have multi-person instruments that everybody plays together and several people can ride upon. Yeah. Yeah. They're like Burning Man instruments, like Burning Man cars. <laughs> okay. So when you think about the people of Whoville yeah. as being like a non-stop Burning Man... And Christmas is like the worst day for it. Yeah. You kind of see why maybe the Grinch is like, I've had it up to here with these people. They don't even have a permit. Uh, oh yeah, for how stealthily he's going around, I like that he just pulls the candy canes out from their hands, mm-hmm. the little angels when they're sleeping. And I've heard on Christmas Eve, I want to go to sleep with a candy cane clutched in my little innocent hands, like a little, like a little Christmas it angel. Just, you just kind of like start sucking on it in your sleep, and you have little peppermint dreams. Yeah, Wonderful. right? Where it's like yeah. when you think about Twas the Night Before Christmas and it's like envisions of sugar plums danced in their heads and it's like that's what you want to go. Don't brush your teeth on Christmas Eve, kids. Just exactly. go to sleep with a big old mouthful of candy. Yeah. One of the things that I forgot to ask you a Grinch comparison for is the is this <laughs> is this Grinch song like 2020 a dead tomato with moldy purple spots. <laughs> does that does that sound like 2020 at all to you? It sounds a lot like 2020 to me. I, I had written down that the Grinch song is a really early diss track. <laughs> it gets pretty harsh. Or a toadstool. And sauerkraut and sandwich. And sauerkraut sandwich. Yeah, I remember that. With arsenic sauce. I was thinking when I heard that that I don't hate sauerkraut. Yeah, that seems mean to sauerkraut. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that we have a better attitude in 2020 with fermented foods. Mm. So we don't consider sauerkraut as, as, nasty, uh, as nasty a thing anymore. Where we're just like, no, you got to get those pro- probiotics into you. Yeah, mm, astringent, mm. <laughs> mm, vinegary, <laughs> vinegar is like a, an acquired taste where it's just like you do have to get used to being like, okay, well, I'm eating a mild acid that has a bit of mold in it, <laughs> but a safe mold. It's safe. It's safe. My favorite thing that the Grinch stole from Christmas were the ice cubes in the trays. Did you notice that? That was one of yeah, the things that has a that has sorry, that has all of the vibe 
of uh, an angry domestic situation where somebody leaves and they're like, I'm going to take the toilet paper. I'm going to unscrew every goddamn light bulb and I'm not going to take the ice trays, but I am going to take the ice out of the ice trays. <laughs> My fucking job paid for the electricity that froze that water. It, the ice trays are her, but I paid the water bill. So yeah. the ice is mine. Exactly. The Grinch is a proponent of the whooping style of Santa. He whips Max. I was really just like, oh, well, that won't come up again. Like, whips are definitely not going to be an actual Christmas theme. Now I'm worried they're going to be. They are. Yeah. They are now. Oh, he, uh, he even takes the last can of Who Hash. The Who Hash. Do you want to venture? It's primo quality. Yeah. Do you think it, it's, I, it's, I, it looks like a food can? So I, I wanted to ask you whether you thought Who Hash was a, a smokable or whether you thought Who Hash was maybe some sort of canned uh, maybe potato or hominy-based product. Who hashes who? It's people. No! <laughs> so do the Whovillians really give a shit that uh, all their stuff was stolen? It's wild that they wake up and it's like, nah, man, it's all about Christmas. Like, I mean, if you got jacked that hard in the night, you would wake up and I think, like, no matter how unmaterialistic you are, you'd be like, oh, dear God, we got it. The thing is, the Whovillians have amazing powers like would you really care if you lost all your stuff if you could summon your magical sun god through song on christmas day what i was really amazed is just what was that thing what's that thing that glowing star it's never explained it came to me like christmas spirit i guess sure yeah but then i don't know <laughs> that raises more questions than it answers as far as i could tell it's their god and they must feed it christmas spirit uh, what's oh? It's maybe the central light that's gonna light the Wicker Man and Burning Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The next scene is when they put the Grinch inside it. Yeah, that was gonna be the plan to like burn the Grinch Wicker Man style if he didn't like conform to their cult cult who mentality and come down and join them for Burning Man. I would have liked to see some like Doctor Seussian style bees biting his face. You mean the Buzzboodles? He'll be like, not the Buzzboodles, not the Buzzboodles, not the Fafoodles and Boozles and Coozles. Exactly. <laughs> when the Grinch undergoes his transformation, you'll notice that his eyes go from yellow and red to yeah. bright baby blues. Yeah, the creepy soulful eyes of the little girl. So not only did the spirit of Christmas star rise up and grow his heart, it also cured his jaundice. Yeah. His eyes look a lot clearer, a lot better. It kind of made him resemble Cindy Lou Who a little bit more. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that too. And I wondered if there was some kind of connection between the two of them that went beyond thievery. Like there's something catching in Whoville? Yeah. Yeah. There's something in the water in Whoville? Oh, you think there's something? That there is probably a fuck ton of LSD in the water in Whoville. There's just like multicolored rainbows just come yeah. out of the tap in Whoville. <laughs> like who knows what's coming out of their irrigation system. Whoville is a longtime CIA mind control experiment gone haywire. The Whoville sign is just like hanging and it's just like case MLK Ultra. <laughs> testing grounds <laughs> who hash was a food that we they don't really describe what who hash is and then also we see roast beast i was gonna say you know who this wasn't a very merry christmas for the fucking beast yeah yeah did you want to venture what do you think it's a reindeer <laughs> <laughs> maybe so, yeah maybe. maybe the who villians got the last one i noticed that it had legs but was also boneless Ooh. yeah i don't want to imagine do you think it was some kind of you know how we like factory farm chicken until they're practically like that is my understanding. Yeah, it was like a GMO'd roast beast. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. When he comes riding into town to return all of the goodies to people, did you notice that 
in the circle of who's they open like a gate the, the people holding hands to let him in and then they all swing back in unison like a gate and it was a weird animation shortcut for something that they're trying they, to put quite a bit of effort into instead of just like parting ways they that like adjusted for 1966 dollars i think they spent two million on <laughs> it is one of the things I really love about old-timey animation is how much detail they lavish on certain parts and then how simple they keep things in the background, for instance. Watching it as a child and watching it now, it definitely gave me the sense of like kind of it left me wanting more. It's pretty short and it's like I want to know, I do want to know more about the Who's in kind of like their life. Like it, the montages and all the ways that we see them give a good little window into like kind of what Whoville and celebrating Christmas in Whoville is like. Yeah. And we do get to see the Grinch being domestic at home. And I think, yeah, the collective thing when everybody watched this was just like, oh, it'd be cool to see this like expanded on. We get to see like little little Cindy Lou Who. And I think even Seuss the Man himself was kind of upset about how little Cindy Lou's part was that I think for the the television special, this this television special, they had written a larger part for her and then had to trim it down. So I think that's also why people were really excited for the live action, How the Grinch Stole Christmas because of that feeling of this not giving you enough. Yeah. And I think that the consensus is that the Jim Carrey version gave too much. (laughs) (laughs) That it's like, oh, you know the Whoville that you imagine in your head? Yeah. And you know, like all of the the headcanon that you make for like what Whoville is like. Turns out that's all better in your little child imagination than it was in uh, what a bunch of TV producers could think of. (laughs) Turns out it's a horrific nightmare. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, you know what? It was a 24-minute cartoon. So it was meant to be half hour with commercials broadcast on TV. Yep. We have exceeded the length of the cartoon and what we're saying. Do you have much more that you want to say about this little piece of animation? I loved it. The last thing that I wanted to say was... Yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah. Or the last thing I wanted to mention was when I tried to look up the lyrics to You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. I had read first three verses three or four times before i realized i was reading the lyrics to a tire tyler the creator song <laughs> really yeah <laughs> he has like a riff on it that's like really similar and i was like oh this isn't the lyric structure that looks super familiar to me but it really rips it's good <laughs> and then i looked up and it's like song by tyler the creator and it's like oh okay that kind of <laughs> makes sense why the susian pentameter seemed a little off he is the modern dr seuss yeah minus the anti-japanese racism i'll let, i'll leave you to google that at home yeah <laughs> it's true look it up so let's uh pull out the old christmas cheerometer thunk it's on the desk <laughs> dust it off it's gonna measure our levels okay all right put all your right. finger in where are you at looks like i'm at an eight okay yeah that's all right it's it's down a little bit from home alone mm. I, I, you know what, I had, I thought I'd have fonder memories of this. It is very short. It's kind of like a little hard to get into because it is so short. And I do think it is maybe best watched because it is a little short guy, maybe right on Christmas Eve or right on Christmas Day. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why it didn't do it for me. I liked that it was short. I was going crazy watching all these features and it worked for me. I'm actually, this is the first time I think that my score might be a little higher than yours. Okay. I'm going with a nine. We're easy markers, it looks like. We're like, oh, the, I guess the first film, the first couple of films were like four or five, right? Yeah. So this was a nine for me because the nostalgia factor is huge. The music, it's all bangers. Like, 
there is more good music in the 22 minutes of this film than all of Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, like I think what does Nightmare Before Christmas have like six songs and this has two or two or three. So it's like and it was doing good song, bad song, good song, bad song. And it's like Nightmare Before Christmas could have cut out half of its songs and really shortened its time. And it would have yeah. Yeah, been a little bit more like this. Yeah. So good music, classic cheer and togetherness overcoming the materialistic needs of Christmas. It's pretty timeless. And I can get behind that. So nine out of ten on the cheerometer. Nine out of ten roast beasts r.i.p or the reindeer that apparently used to (laughs) run wild in this region until the grinch hunted them to to extinction i did not put the other how the grinch stole christmas on the list for this year because it would be again i'm not saying it's a bad movie but it was just it would be a little much to review right now and this this year's been rough rough enough on us I think that has to be a season two movie. I think we'd have to call the CIA guy who <laughs> trained up Jim Carrey to get us prepared. Yeah, in order to like get me to sit through that one. I... It has a Faith Hill uh, love ballad. It has a love ballad? Yes. It is the origin of the song, Where Are You Christmas? Wow. Yeah, which I, I don't know if you know that song. Not at all. Yeah, okay. Um, it's, uh, it's, a little, it's a maudlin tearjerker. In the hopes of narrowing our release window, we're actually going to do a, an, another one that's a little, a, a short classic Christmas TV special. Oh, that, yep. that's our next one that we're doing? Yep, we're going to be doing A Charlie Brown Christmas. Another animated short. Yep. Oh, bless your heart. These two actually came out within a year of each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, this one came out in... 65 okay and then the grinch was in 66 and the grinch was uh pretty much allowed to exist because of the surprise success of a charlie brown christmas no kidding yeah they kind of didn't think it would be a surprise hit and people uh the reviews for it right out of the gate were really amazing like people really really dug the style of that sort of charlie brown tv special and continues to get good reviews (laughs) it's very well received right is it yeah so yeah that's what we're going to be doing next time yeah and that's going to be tomorrow that's tomorrow yeah next time i keep on saying next time and i can just say tomorrow Uh but it seems so unnatural in the world of podcasting to be like see you tomorrow oh my god right or like we were saying there's no real um (laughs) it's it's a little hard to maybe like prove to people unless we're talking about something very very topical that we are actually recording these like uh, each and every day. And I had made the joke that maybe we could hold up today's headline, but that today's right. newspaper headline, that's not going to work in podcasting. Let's see. Let's pull up something from the news just to prove that today it was recorded. Rudy Giuliani got coronavirus. Oh, that's right. Was that today? Did we learn that today? Yeah, pretty okay, much. Maybe pretty much yesterday. today or yesterday. So there you go. Good for him. <laughs> I'm sure I speak for everybody when I say I wish him a speedy recovery. So you can get us on our socials. Instagram is at you'll podcast your eye out. That's the same for Facebook. And on Twitter, we're at your eye out. And rate us five stars on iTunes. Apparently, it really helps. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.